And welcome to the Fanboy Garage. I'm Chris Lasanti, joined by my co-host, Aaron Varola. Hey, what's up, people? Episode 38, coming live to you. How y'all doing? Hope everyone's doing well on this fine day. Um, so yeah, so dude, let's just jump right into this bad boy. Um, today, that's Tuesday, March 5th. Uh, Warner Brothers finally released that second Shazam trailer. Yeah. Um, what'd you think of it? Was it yesterday or was it today? It was, uh, God, I'm, yesterday, I'm right? It, it was, was yesterday. yesterday. Yeah. <laughs> so I, um, I've been excited for this movie and, uh, I've been more excited for this movie than I have been for Captain Marvel. And I continue to be excited for the movie, although I I was not in love with this trailer. Mm. Um, and I think a big part of that is just because there's a heavy emphasis on the comedy in this trailer, right? And um, it like it really makes this movie look like almost like a like a slapstick kind of goofy comedy. Yeah, uh, and I'm sure there's elements of that, you know, in this. Um, but you know, again, I don't get too excited about trailers because you're 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 not getting the story. You're getting whatever they wanted you to focus on. Mm-hmm. And I loved the first trailer a lot. So, like, if you put both trailers together, if this is still a movie that I'm excited for, um, but I I was not falling over myself crazy about this trailer mm. and the approach that they took to it. So it's the the tone of it. Yeah, I mean, I have no problem with comedy, but, like, this thing was, like... I mean, it's all comedy, this trailer. Yeah. Like, it's, it just doesn't even feel like a superhero movie. It just kind of feels like a goof. And um, and that threw me a little bit. Um, so some of the sense of wonder and excitement was kind of missing from this. Although that was in the first trailer, I thought. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I again, for what it is, it's a trailer... Um, you know, but it, it definitely didn't, it didn't move the needle for me one way or another. I'm still kind of excited for the movie, Mm. but it, it certainly didn't get me more excited for the movie. Gotcha. Gotcha. Uh, yeah, for me, it was Shinope. (laughs) Um, I'm, I'm, I'm not feeling it. Uh, and as I said before, I think in previous episodes, I just, I just don't think that this movie's being made for me. Like, it's, uh, and and that's fine, you know, I'm I'm cool with that. Um, I think this is Warner Brothers' um, very strong push to kind of capture mainstream audiences. I'm not saying that. Aquaman didn't do that because it most certainly did. It still continued to make money at the bank. Um, but I think this is one that's meant for the kids. You know what I mean? Um, and I think that the, um, you know, the, the villain, at least from what we've seen in the trailer, it seems that the villain uh, hero element isn't really, it, it almost feels cartoonish. Like there's really no... You know, it's not. I think this character is uh, the villain that is played by Mark Strong isn't going to die or anything like that. There's certainly not going to be any neck snapping. Um, so it kind of feels like um, what they tried to do with the re-edit of Justice League. 
I don't know if that's a good thing or a bad thing, but uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not into it. I'm really not. And um, but kudos to you if you are. I'm not trying to take anything away from anyone that's excited about the film. Uh, do you enjoy the film? Celebrate the character, and if it's what you want, great. Um, you know, just some things aren't made for everybody. So I think I'm. I think I'm checking myself out of out of Shazam officially. Uh, yeah, I mean, the villain for me in the trailer. I mean, it comes across as something that you like. You have to have in the movie. Um, like there's no mm-hmm. like that. That's kind of just the way it seems. It's like, oh, well, you got to have a villain. So here's our villain. Uh, there's no real feel for for the character. Um, mm-hmm. But yeah, I mean, I could, I, I mean, I know that you've, you haven't been particularly excited for this and we've kind of talked in the past about your feelings on these DC properties at this point, but you know, I could see watching this trailer, how you're like, yep, yeah, nope, not doing it for me. Cause again, I was somebody yeah. who was excited for this movie. And while, you know, again, it didn't, this trailer didn't have me saying like, well, you know what? Forget it. I'm no longer excited for it. Um, mm-hmm. I could see where if you weren't already excited for this movie, like you're just like, yeah, no, it's not. It's, yeah. It's not feeling it. Cause I yeah, was excited I, for it and I'm like, all right. Yeah. Well, you know what? This trailer, not so much. Um, but you know, if I put both trailers together, okay. I feel like I still did feel, feel like there's an entertaining movie there, but Yeah. I, yeah, I, I mean, it, it. it depends on how I, – I think for me it might – again, if we'll see. <laughs> we'll see if I go to the theater to see it. Um, oh, you're going to go to the theater. <laughs> you know you are. Yeah, there will be another Avengers watch party, I'm sure. Um, but uh, I think for me it's going to rely on the importance of Billy Batson and where he comes from and um, – what the incarnation of, you know, Captain Marvel slash Shazam, uh, how it impacts him. I think that's probably where I'm going to look for, I guess, some of that anchoring, the emotional anchor in the film. But I don't, you know, at this point it's so, I, you know, this was, this was all about Captain Marvel. This was, I mean, Shazam, it was all about Shazam. And I agree. I think the first trailer did a better job at sort of, you know, giving you a little peek at who Billy Batson was and sort of Mm -hmm. why, you know, his ability to embody Shazam um, means something to him. But I didn't get any of that in this trailer. And then, you know, to your point about the the villain, they just kind of threw him in there and he's he's like, oh, yeah, you're the bad guy. Like and they're kind of joking with each other, which is a little weird. Um, so, and I totally see the, the, the references to like big, you know, which I, I adore yeah. that movie. I think that that movie's great. Um, but as a superhero, I don't, I don't know. Yeah, and, like I, the... and here's the thing too. I'm not like a, a, I was never a Captain Marvel slash Shazam, Shazam reader. So I don't know if that is sort of part of the character and how he's been written in comic book form. Not, not saying that that's important, but, um, I, I know nothing. 
Yeah, and and by the way, just for the record, I I'm still not letting you get away with Shinope. Um, <laughs> <laughs> that was uh, yeah, love to discuss okay. that. But um, you know, I one I loved the portrayal of the character in Justice League Unlimited, the animated show. Yeah, um, because he was kind of childlike, but at the same time, he was still, uh, like. He he was an adult superhero, but he had like a childlike tendency to him. Right. And in this trailer, like an I, innocence. Yeah, and even more, you know, more so than that. Yeah, it was innocence, and also like you know, he's not ready yet. Like it's an irresponsibility, right? That comes mm-hmm. with being a child. Um, this just he just kind of seems like a child, like stuck in an adult's body, and that's the whole big thing, and. And, you know, we knew that that was an angle that they were taking, and that's fine, but I think putting so much emphasis on Shazam in this trailer was a little jarring for me because um, I, I probably would have preferred if they had kept that a little bit more mysterious. Mm-hmm. Um, because now, like, I, I see it and it's just like, okay, so this is going to be, this whole movie is going to be like a fish-out-of-water tale you know, where he's just going to be like a kid trapped in an adult's body, or at least that's what this trailer portrays it. I don't know that that's the case, but this trailer right. certainly makes it seem like there's going to be a heavy emphasis on like, you know, here's this adult form that's just basically going to be like a kid, and that's going to be the a majority of the movie. And, and that's the part that was like, mm, yeah, I, I don't know that. I mean, that's going to be an element of the movie. I knew that, and it's certainly going to be Something that should have happened, but I don't know that I necessarily need to see like the whole movie be like that. So I'm hoping that it's not the case. And this is just a second trailer, and uh, you know, hopefully there's a you know somewhere in between all of these different trailers, you'll get the you know the real feel for the movie. I would imagine that at some point it gets a little bit more serious. And by serious, I don't mean that it's going to turn into you know this dark movie, but you know a little bit more serious in the sense that he will be like a superhero at some point. Right, a little bit more Aquaman-ish. I guess in, in a <laughs> in a good way. Right? Uh, yeah, I don't. I mean, or just like a superhero in general, instead of just being a kid, you know, right. a little kid trapped in a yeah. I mean, it's body. probably gonna you yeah, know like, gets his powers, figures out everything he can do. That's where the yeah. comedy is. The real yeah. villain shows up, right. and they're like. Billy, it's not a game anymore. Yeah, I mean, it's it should be obviously, and I assume it is going to be a coming of age kind of tale. Right, and the mm-hmm. whole metaphor, I mean, that's mm-hmm. what big is all about. I just don't need this whole thing to be like a collection of like you know nose picking jokes, um, right? You know, I, at some right. point, and I don't think I don't expect it to be. Um, that's why I don't. I try not to get too crazy about trailers um, because you know there's there's reasons why they cut these the way they do, and there's you know feels and tones that they're going for, and um, you know it doesn't necessarily mean you're. You're seeing the movie, and you're you're seeing exactly what this thing is going to be. So, right, but right. but as a trailer, I, I can't say I was blown away by this one. Yeah, I uh, like I said, I think I think this is a this is a play. You know, this is for them to yeah. really hook, line, and sink the mainstream audiences. It's going to signal to parents, you know, DC's on the right track. You can certainly bring your kids to see this movie. They're going to have a great time and you're going to have a lot of fun watching it with them. Um, so, you know, kind of felt like a Pixar movie, sort of. 
Ish. Actually, those those tend to be a little bit more serious than, <laughs> than what I was getting in Shazam. But hey, like I said, um, more power to you if, you, if you're right. into it and you want to you want to go check it out and it move the needle for you. Um, so you know, was April fourth, fifth, something like that. Well, we'll know when uh, when you go when to the comes... theater to watch it. <laughs> yeah, uh, my ribs will probably be hurting again. Yeah. <laughs> Speak... Um. So speaking of trailers, um, we got the the X Men Dark Phoenix trailer, or as they're just calling it now, it seems like Dark Phoenix. Dark Phoenix seems yeah. like X Men's been removed from, other than the the X and the Phoenix. Uh, it seems like X Men's been removed from the title of this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, so what did you think of the Dark Phoenix trailer? Yeah, I went on like a whole Twitter thread rant about it and this was another one that just kind of missed the boat with me um it visually looks really cool um it looks like an amped up version of the last stand which is probably the second worst in the x-men franchise um although i do think it gets a lot of hate a lot of unwarranted hate it's it's fine um no it, it really isn't fine though uh, well, all right. Uh, well, I guess it's second, we second worst. That, but yeah. <laughs> um, but, and we talked about this when we did our um, our X Men episode. But I think the problem with what's happened to the X Men franchise, and this was a lot about what my rant, what I kind of got into in my rant, was that um, the things that made this franchise tick for me, like the new version of this franchise, was how they crafted the relationship between Xavier and, and Eric uh, Magneto. And, and again, it's just a trailer. So we're getting snippets of, you know, what the film is actually about, but um, I don't see that anymore. Um, I don't feel that anymore. There was some really great tension that was built uh, and you kind of see where they came from and, you know, they, they, um, and they build you up into this, you know, awesome relationship between those two guys. And then they sort of uh, take it apart and show you how they've um, gone their separate ways. And a lot of the movies um, have done that up until about up until Apocalypse. And the problem is that Apocalypse was such a bad movie and they spent a lot of time forcing the new characters down your throat. That they, This is where they made the pivot away from. Uh, Xavier, Xavier, and and uh, Magneto, um, so that they can introduce Jean and Cyclops and Storm and Nightcrawler. That it, that I feel like I, I'm not invested in in those guys. Yeah. And if this whole movie is about those characters, I just I don't care about them. They did a really poor job setting it up in Apocalypse. Um, they took the meat away from. Uh, from the main course, which was the Eric and, and, and Xavier thing. So now I'm just kind of left with this, here's this really soft X-Men uh, of characters, of teen characters I just, I could care less about. And if the whole movie is focused on X-Men versus Gene, I like one, I don't care about Gene cause I don't really care. Like I didn't know, I don't really know much about her from, from apocalypse and then the rest of the X-Men, eh, whatever. So, yeah. Like I said, it looks looks cool, like, like I said, visually, and I hope it does well. 
but uh, again, I don't, I don't know. This is one I'll probably just skip out on too. Yeah. So I, I mean, I think I mentioned this. I don't remember if it was in the X Men episode. It was, it was in one of the episodes that we did where we talked about this. Where my biggest problem with this again is the idea that the Dark Phoenix saga is, and like you were saying, is a storyline that that really takes some investment. Right. It's something that should be built over time. And they tried to do it a little bit um, the first time. Uh, but unfortunately, it wound up being rushed and just poorly executed uh, with the last stand. But I like you, I have no investment to these characters because they I got to know these characters in a movie that I hated. Mm-hmm. And just have I watched once and haven't rewatched. And so I don't have that attachment. And and like you said, I don't care about the fall of Jean, this Jean Grey. I don't. I don't know her enough. I don't care about her. I haven't lived with her enough. Um, the, the guts of this, this X-Men chapter, whatever, you know, like you said, has been the, the, the Charles and Eric Magneto storyline. And if that's going to be pushed aside in favor of the Dark Phoenix, uh, it's just too soon, and mm-hmm. or or too late, I guess, depending on how you look at it. Um, but the, you know, the fact that this is a lame duck franchise doesn't help um, right. because I know we're not going to get anything. There's really not going to be a follow up to this, so uh, that also helps me not care. And uh, and yeah, and the trailer itself. You know, again, the movie seems like it's going to be the X-Men versus Jean Grey versus the Dark Phoenix. And it's not really a movie that I care to see at this point. Um, Yeah. You know, because whatever. Like, unless they do an amazing job of somehow getting me to care uh, about these characters early on in the movie, um, you know, I'm going to be checked out. And I, I'm not exactly... I'm like you now. So this is one movie where I agree with you on in the fact that I don't know that I'm going to be going to the theaters to see this. Yeah. I mean, that, I might... That, like, that kind of sucks, too. It might have uh, to be a... It might be a slow, boring weekend, but it would have <laughs> to be that for me to go and watch this, probably. Yeah. Yeah. When is it um, being released? Again? June... I think it said June 7th, something like that. Okay. So if, I mean, they feel confident enough to kind of stack it in the in the summer blockbuster. Yeah, well, it was supposed to be Valentine's Day this weekend, month. Yeah, I was going to say it's supposed it. to be this month. Or sorry, I still think it's February. And apparently, yeah. I thought it was another day. Uh, no, no, yeah. So <laughs> I don't know what to say about that movie, man. Yeah, it's just a I, weird you know, thing. I wonder. I wonder though if 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 it makes enough money, which. We'll see. Could we see, you know, Marvel keeping those characters on? I, you know, I. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I, I don't think nah, it's going to make a lot of not. money. To be honest with you, I, I really don't. I don't think that the stars are aligned, and and you never know. But I don't think the stars are aligned for this to be a gigantic hit. I think that there's some bad blood left over from Apocalypse. Mm -hmm. And I think that people knowing that it's a lame duck thing, uh, they might just skip it. Um, 
So I don't see this thing being like such a blockbuster that, you know, Marvel Studios is going to look at it and say, well, you know, maybe we need to right. keep invest, some of these characters. I think, invest, you know, yeah. yeah, I think most people expect this to be sort of the end of an era. Right. They're going to put it away and then Marvel over time will figure out Marvel Studios over time will figure out how they're going to reincorporate these characters into their universe if if they do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's probably the best way to go about it. Now, do you think for the sake of argument that the failure of the X-Men, I, I don't want to say failure because that's sort of being presumptuous about this movie, but the, I'd say the decline of the X-Men franchise has a lot to do with the departure of Hugh Jackman as Wolverine. I don't because... You know, X-Men First Class, while it was not a gigantic box office hit, it wasn't... It's a great, great movie. It's a great movie, and it wasn't expected to be a huge hit. Like, people didn't have high expectations for it, and it, it did perform fairly well. And, you know, other than that little cameo, it's a it's a Wolverine-free film. Um, so I, I don't know that that's necessarily a part of it. Mm-hmm. I, I just think that... Um, I mean, I'm sure it doesn't help to have the marquee name, right, that you've built this franchise around, not in the movie. But mm-hmm. I just think coming off of Apocalypse, there there is really no juice to this franchise. Yeah. You know, people really just did not like that movie. And, you know, I just think that after Apocalypse, people were like, you know what, we're, we're kind of done with this. Like, that's it. There's been a lot of these movies, you know. Right. I mean, this is a franchise that goes back a ways now. And this is now the second time that we're seeing the Dark Phoenix storyline attempted on the big screen. And, Mm. you know, the first time it was in a movie that, you know, was generally considered a mess, although it made a lot of money, The Last Stand. Mm -hmm. Um, And I just don't I just don't think that there was ever going to be like this. This was going to be a hard sell. I think Mm -hmm. for anybody, I think had this thing been. You know, after Days of Future pa- Days of Future Past probably should have been the end of this. Yeah, I, I mean, agree. in hindsight, obviously hindsight's twenty twenty, but you know, right. Days of Future Past tied everything up nice and nicely. You know, nice mm-hmm. and neat. Yeah, put everyone on the yeah. right path. And I guess yeah. in theory, you could still, as a fan, look at it that way, right? I mean, you don't have to. You know, you can look at Days of Future Past and you can watch Logan and just be like, okay, the, this is how I want to remember this. Mm-hmm. You don't have to watch Apocalypse uh, or this movie, Dark Phoenix. But, you know, Apocalypse was just bad. And it's a bad movie. It it And it didn't help that this was the introduction to these characters. And, um, you know, knowing that we're probably not going to be living with these characters much longer, it doesn't help. Yeah. And I just think that people are just like, all right, they're burning this off. And, you know, usually when you, when you just kind of release something just to kind of burn it off and... and get rid of it like that doesn't inspire people to run mm-hmm. out to support it yeah yeah agreed it's funny because i remember you saying oh there's such a thing as it's kind of going back to our solo episode where you talked about skippable star wars movies and the you know the sort of like there was there really isn't a necessity to tell a story about han solo since we've kind of already lived in experience that character to kind of go back and that's kind of how i feel about the x-men franchise everything after um 
Days of Future Past, and I've talked about this at length. I just feel like these are, you know, these are almost like quick little stories within a happy ending. And therefore, there's no stakes, and I know that everyone's going to be fine. Now, obviously, um, things aren't good because we know that one of the main characters, your headliner, uh, probably gets killed fairly early on in the film, or at least some point during the film. Uh, which I don't know why the hell they they spoiled that whole thing. Um, but um, I forgot where I was going with that. Um, Anyways, I just I just don't yeah, I don't I don't really care about where they end up and ultimately I just think it's going to be like yeah, everyone's good and happy and it's top skippy today. We're all good, you know. Yeah, I mean I, I just I think that they probably at the time thought it was a good idea, right? So they they had executed Days of Future. So, you know, First Class even though it didn't stick to the the comic book storyline, it was you know based on the comic book storyline, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And Days of Future Past, obviously the same thing. Right. And, and even Apocalypse, same thing. So they were they were going on this run where they were sticking to these kind of iconic X-Men storylines. And Dark Phoenix right. probably seemed like a natural progression at that point. But again, to me, Dark Phoenix is just something that needed to be built up. Like Jean Grey, you want to make this effective, like Jean Grey should have been in first class. Right. And then had this thing progress throughout the course of the next few movies and then get me to this point so that I care. Because, you know, this is not a storyline that you want to be able to tell in the course of a two-hour movie or whatever it's going to be. Mm-hmm. Because, you know, we don't really even know this Jean Grey. Right. And so, you know, you want to feel for her. You want the This is a tragic story. And you want to be able mm-hmm. to feel that, and you're not going to if you just don't care. Um, right. You know, so that that's really where, to me, where it all falls apart. Um, I, I get where they were going with it. I get what they were trying to do. But, you know, and, and again, we didn't know at the time, they didn't know that, you know, the whole Disney Fox thing was going to happen. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, look, it is what it is. It, it's the end of an era. Um. That's why I'm not kind of all uptight and up in arms over it because it's yeah. just whatever. Uh, after Apocalypse, this was going to be a tough sell for me anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so just like, you know, I didn't go out to the movies to see X-Men Origin Wolverine. Uh, you didn't? What? No, I didn't. I did. Uh, Walked out so disappointed. Yeah. So <laughs> I, you know, to me, it's the same type of thing. Pissed. I didn't like the movie that came before it. Uh, I'm not in love with the direction they're going now, so just whatever. And yeah. the whole lame duck thing doesn't help. So, yeah, I mean, you know, it's a movie. It's going to come out. I'll eventually see it. I hope it's good because, you know, a good superhero movie is always nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, you know, it's a way to, it's a way to send that franchise out with yeah, a bang. I don't really have uh, high hopes. And as far as I'm concerned, like I said, I, I can be very okay with manufacturing my own ending to this by just going with Days of Future Past and Logan and saying like, okay, that's the end for me. Yeah. And I'm okay with that. Yeah, agreed. Yeah, I wonder I wonder how they uh how they choose to wrap this up. Um because even Apocalypse, Apocalypse ended very differently um than the way that they're starting out in this film. Like uh they started out with like the nineties 
uniform. I mean, they ended they ended uh, Apocalypse with the X Men in their like '90s outfits, you know, like the um, typical Cyclops with the cross strap and Storm with her, you know, cape and all that stuff. Uh, and now they they went back to the first class unif- uniforms. It's just like yeah, and I don't really know what to do with that either. I don't. Um, I don't I, dig that. I don't dig the look. I don't. Yeah, Mystique not really looking like Mystique. Yeah, because we got to see Jennifer Lawrence's face, man. I don't. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't really care. To be honest with you, that, yeah, that's. I mean, I noticed that too, but Anyways. I was like, all right, I'm not gonna get up in arms. Yeah. My days of getting all up in arms over stuff like that with this franchise, anyway. They're long. Gone. I know. Well, there it is. It's uh, the continuity, right? Yeah. Can't let it go. I mean, if you're going to worry about continuity, forget about this entire franchise. Yeah, this whole thing has been a mess. Yeah. You know? So. But, all right. So, moving on. Keep staying in the world of Marvel. So, Captain Marvel, not to be mistaken with the Shazam Captain Marvel, uh, and we talked a little bit about this last episode, but uh, reviews are coming in, man, and they're coming in hot, and they are positive. Yeah, it's positive. I mean, I checked this afternoon, and it was at like eighty four percent, with like a hundred twelve okay. reviews in, which is which means it's going to wind up. Looks like it's going to wind up being fresh, um, mm-hmm. you know, strongly fresh, not overwhelming, but, um, you know. Again, I, I'm not super excited for the movie, um, but I'm going to be going to see it at our at the Revengers watch party, which will be tomorrow by the time everybody's listening to this. Um, you know, I, I, I guess, I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, I'm sure it's going to be fine. I just don't, I'm not hyped for it. Um, yeah. And I, I can't, I mean, I've talked, you know, last week about why, but I, I still can't quite put my finger on why I'm not hyped for it um, but I'm just not and yeah. even these reviews aren't really doing anything for me um, so a couple of a couple of people that uh, that I follow on on Twitter and, and trust um, I've, I've seen it a couple of times from a couple of different people um, who liken the movie to Man of Steel um, and the original Superman which is like what? Mm-hmm. That's kind of crazy. Um, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm optimistic. I'm, I will eventually see it. I'm gonna try my hardest to catch it on on Friday, um, regardless of some of the personal stuff I've got going on. But um, so I'll be there with you guys in spirit. I won't, unfortunately, will not be able to attend the watch party. Um, but yeah, I think, I think, you know, I hope it, I hope it does well. Um, and gosh, you know what? I think the thing, and, and this is my own, I have to stay disciplined and kind of stay away from all this stuff, but the continued, my camp is better than your camp uh, commentary that's coming from people. That's just, I can't take that stuff anymore, man. I still don't have a stomach for it. I'm, uh, I've been done with that stuff for a long time. I never, yeah. I never I just, got it. I can't it see it. I gotta mute with. it. I've never understood it. Um, yeah, I don't get it, man. And I still don't understand it. I don't. You know, I don't. I, I just don't get that whole thing. I, I don't understand. I mean, look, it's it's social media these days. It's like a game. I get it, but yeah. uh, I just have. 
I have way too much going on in my life to care about that. I, I want to see an entertaining movie. I don't care who produces it. Um, so, you know, if I can go to the movie, you know, even though I'm not particularly excited for this movie, if I can go to the movies for a couple of hours and have a good time, I don't, I don't care what studios, it, you know, it is. I don't care what brand it is. I, you know, whatever. It's a movie. Yeah. I mean, just it's a superhero whole, movie. You're yeah. seeing, like, you know, a character who was written and, and illustrated by a, a handful of people come to life on the big screen and, and tell a story. Yeah. That's it. The whole taking yeah. ownership of a team or a side or a franchise in this, I just, I don't get that. I don't. Yeah. I mean, it's inevitable. You knew it was going to happen, but it's just boring at this point. Yeah. It's almost, it's almost expected, you know? Yeah. You're going to see people ranting and raving about, oh, you know, this movie is better than that one, and DC is this, and Marvel is that, and blah. It's like, oh, my yeah. God. The, the worst thing you could be or do when you're trying to make a statement is be predictable and boring. Right. And I really feel like we've reached that point now with this right. stuff, with the Marvel stuff and the press and all. It's just, it's predictable and boring. And yeah. after a while, people just tune out of it. So your message is lost. And, um, yeah, I just don't, I don't have time for it. It doesn't matter to me. I'm going to go see this movie, and I'm going to form my own opinion of it. And right. I'm either gonna like it or I'm not gonna like it or I'll be the, or I'm gonna think it's okay, and at the you know and that's it and then I'll move on. <laughs> so yeah, I don't get that whole. I don't get. And there will be another movie to watch. And there will be other <laughs> movies to plenty of right? other movies to watch. Believe me. Like, oh my yeah. god! I mean, it's gonna it's gonna be funny. Well, I mean, watch what happens when when Shazam comes out in the next two two weeks, two or three weeks. And it'll pick back up again. Oh, you know, look at how, you know, well, Captain, this is the real Captain Marvel. The, oh, the yeah. funny thing that's going to happen with the Shazam thing is if the reviews for Shazam are not positive, you're going to get all the same stuff again. Oh, yep. it's a, di but if they are positive, it, people are just going to forget about it. Like they did with Wonder right. Woman. Like Wonder Woman is the forgotten movie because... It's the DC movie that got overwhelmingly positive reviews and people still pretend like that never happened. Right. So, right. you know, that either way, it's like a no... That's what I mean by like a no-win situation. It doesn't make sense. If Shazam gets bad reviews, you're going to get the same narrative all over again. And if it gets strong reviews, people are going to just kind of sweep Don't forget aside. all about it. Yeah, yeah. and it's not going to be a story. And that's why it's it's not a story. Right. Uh, because people just, you, you're either going to go and you're going to enjoy it or you're not. And that's really right. what we should care about. No, but you forgot to add the one piece that if it doesn't get good reviews, they're going to start saying, oh, of course, I bet Endgame gets all the best reviews because Disney's paying off all yeah, the bloggers well, and, and reviewers. Yeah, and again, that's, that's what I mean. So it's predictable and boring. So your movement is dead once it's predictable and boring. Because it's it's manufactured at that point. There's no authenticity. <clears throat> you tell them, Chris. Yeah. <laughs> So, um, anyway, on that note, let's uh, talk about a DC property. Uh, Suicide Squad 2 has lost uh, Deadshot. Mm -hmm. Well, or at least Will Smith as Deadshot. And, uh, you know, it was interesting to see the reaction to this because I, you know, while we both agree that we did not like Suicide Squad, uh, I think as as many people agree that it's mm -hmm. the weakest of these movies, these DC movies. 
Um, I did see a lot of people say, well, but I really did like Will Smith and, and, you know, sorry to see him go. So I'm, I'm in the camp of, I, I did not particularly love Will Smith. I didn't dislike him in the movie, but I, I felt like he was, he was Will Smith playing Will Smith playing Deadshot. Um, and I just, I'm okay with him not being in this sequel. Um, I, I, yeah, so. I don't know if they're going to recast the character or not, but I'm fine with him not being in it. I mean, you know what's funny? Um, The 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 era of Will Smith is like kind of done and over with. So you know, I don't I don't necessarily think he's he's been getting the same sort of love and attention as a blockbuster Hollywood star. I mean, he still carries that title to a degree but i don't think the box office is, has been kind to him lately um so yeah i mean I'm, I'm with you i could i could care less about you know him being in the role i was actually surprised to see how many people were like oh no you know what's gonna happen blah 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 it's like he kind of like a forgettable character to me you know he, he reminded me of uh kind of the character he plays in um in bad boys uh, which, by the way, is filming. Um, Bad Boys 3. Uh, so, yeah. I, I I don't. Whatever. I mean, it's one of those things where I almost feel like the Suicide Squad just needs to... And I don't necessarily think that Will Smith was the greatest thing in that film uh, at all. Um, the only real standout to me was, was obviously the person that's making more movies and that's, um, Margot Robbie. Uh, so I'd kind of just, yeah, let's just keep her as the nucleus of the group and then kind of bring in some new characters and keep it moving. The hell with Will Smith. Yeah, I agree. I don't even, no need to even recast him. No, probably not. Um, you know, and maybe they won't. But uh, substitute him for, and I saw a lot of commentary about that. But substitute him with Deathstroke. You could do that. Sure. I think that'd be freaking dope. Yeah. Yeah, you certainly. And, and they're all like, "Oh, Joe Manganiello, sure." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? <laughs> Whatever. Kind of already is yeah. sort of right in the in that universe. Yeah, I mean, we saw him. I, I'm where the universe. That's not really the universe. The universe, right? Exactly. Um, <laughs> Wait, wait, can we talk about a little bit about that? Sure, can we talk why not? A little bit about that. So, so everybody, okay. So uh, Toby Emmerich was quoted and saying, "Yeah, we're not doing the, the connected universe thing anymore, right?" But is it really not a connected universe? I mean, so yeah, in Aquaman, he makes the briefest of mentions of Steppenwolf, but uh, Mira is was cast in, in Justice League as Mira and is still Mira, right? Right. The references of the sort of quote-unquote DC universe in the Shazam trailer, so he like literally throws a Batman, you know, three-foot Batman toy in a store that has Superman memorabilia and a Flash in the background and a Wonder Woman shirt. Like, so all of that stuff, uh, I'm like... Is it the is it the same thing? You know what I'm saying? Like I don't understand how they say it's not the, a universe, but it, it is because these characters still exist in the same world with each other, right? Well, as they should, they should exist in the same world as each other. 
But like we've talked about before, it doesn't necessarily have to. And we, and we mentioned this on the when we had Rick Shue on um, from right. Batman on film on the Batman episode. Like it doesn't have to be to where like you know. Gotham City is right next door to Metropolis. Right, right, you know, right. Like, it's it's re- just like re- referencing. Yeah, the Flash and Aquaman and Wonder Woman and Superman and Batman and Shazam. They should exist in the same world together. I, I think everybody could agree on that. But that doesn't necessarily mean that you have to have this shared universe where everything is, it's all about putting a team together and everything is connected. And I think that that's, Ultimately, as these movies go on, you're going to start seeing less and less of that direct connectivity mm-hmm. and more and more of like mentions to where, yes, we understand that there's a Superman that exists in this world, but it, it doesn't mean that Superman and Batman are going to be walking down the street together at any point in time. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm okay with that. And I think that's probably how it should be. Do you think, though, that we'll end up in a in a place where... Um, I'm trying to think of the the film where people started to question. I think it was probably right after the Avengers, so it was like Iron Man three, where they're like, "Wait a second, if if Iron Man's in trouble and he just had his whole house blown up, why didn't the rest of the Avengers come and help him?" Right. And they've always yeah. had reasons. To be fair, if you actually watch right. them, yeah. there's Thor, always been Thor's reasons for and... why. Right, like you know. Th- there have been circumstances after the big Avengers movies where that, you know, would kind of explain that stuff. I mean, as best as you can. I mean, look, at the end of the day, these are still superhero comic book movies. Like, you mm-hmm. know, whatever. Mm-hmm. But, um, but yeah, I mean, that's why I don't know that you necessarily want to have things be that connected. Because realistically, if you're living in a world where Superman exists, then why the hell would you need anybody else anyway? Right. So, I mean, that blows the... If you're going to take it to that level, I mean, you know, realistically, like, there's just no need. So, I I don't know that we need to get too up in arms over that. I I just think that that's where we start to take things a little too seriously. (laughs) And uh, we forget exactly what the hell the point of these things is. So, I... um, Yeah, that's why I would rather just have these things exist. Let the characters be the focus of their movies. Yeah, the other characters could certainly exist in this quote-unquote universe, but it doesn't have to be necessarily a shared universe, and that's now, the difference. What if Shazam takes place outside of that universe and is in ours? Do you think that'd be a really cool thing to the see? The Aaron and Chris universe? That's a pretty yeah, cool universe. Well, <laughs> the Fanboy Garage universe. Yeah. Uh, it's going to stop by the show. Um, meaning that it's like the Deadpool thing. Where he, he right. is a uh, so it's very old meta and like yeah like, yeah well yeah. I've always a, figured a, that that's what Shazam was going to be, and right. you know maybe it is maybe it isn't, but um that was kind of always how I thought it was going to be when it was originally marketed, and right. the fact that it's on New Line and it's not on Warner Brothers proper, um I figured it was going to be its own little island unto itself and and maybe it is maybe it isn't, um but right. you know. I don't think it matters anymore because I it's, I don't think they're thinking about Justice League movies or anything like that. And ultimately, right. the only reason why that would matter is if they were going to be building towards another Justice League film, and that doesn't mm. seem to be the case. So I, who cares? Like at this right. point, they're they're doing whatever they need to do, 
you know, to make movies that are what they feel are in the best interests of these characters. Mm. And if they can somehow collect all of this stuff, uh, they will. God. But I don't think they have to. So our good buddy, Mario Francisco Robles, the editor-in-chief of Revenge of the Fans, um, you know, talked a lot about and had kind of broke some scoops around the fact that Superman was supposed to to cameo in uh, in Shazam, and that maybe there was a Batman cameo, and it'll substitute it with somebody else or whatever. What if they start setting up this idea that Shazam actually is from another universe, like uh, like he's part of the multiverse, and his Batman and Superman are different than the ones that we've seen before? Yeah. You think that'd be an interesting take? I. I think the whole multiverse thing is cute. It's fine for the comics. It's worked a little bit for the TV shows because yeah. you have a lot of content. You have a lot of episodes and a lot of different shows to kind of make all that work. Mm. I don't know that I want to see that introduced in the movies necessarily because I think it just creates a headache. And I think that when it comes to movies, branding is a very big thing. Mm-hmm. And I don't know that you want to necessarily confuse your viewership too much anyway. Um, you know, and having to try to get people to wrap their heads around the fact that, well, there's a yeah. Superman and Batman here, but I it's agree. not really yeah. the same Superman and Batman that you're going to see in the actual Superman and Batman. I think after a while, people are like, wait, what? what's happening? So I mm-hmm. think what, what happens is you don't want to get caught in the middle to where, you know, if you are going to have a shared universe, people need to invest in that. But and, and they will eventually get used to it, and they'll say, oh, okay, that's the Superman, that's the Batman, I get it, they all know each other. Mm-hmm. But if you're not, then just keep it its own thing. Like, you don't necessarily need to go into multiverses and all that stuff, because that's, that's not how mainstream audiences think. <laughs> that's right. a comic booky thing, and that's, a, like, that's something that's for a very specific audience. And right. there are comic book readers who don't even like to handle multiverse type oh, yeah, of stuff. I hear that. You know, so yeah, I don't know funny that because I want that. that. Was, that was like the reaction I had to the Flash popping up in Batman v Superman. Um, where he was, you know, where he appears to, to Bruce and like nobody knew what that, like some, you know, people who don't, who aren't really familiar with the Flash and what he can do. Like people were like, oh, I don't even understand what, who the hell was that? Is that the Flash? Like what was going on there? I'm like, wow, they really just did that? Like I'm like, that's gonna that's gonna confuse a whole lot of people. Um yeah. but I agree with you. I think um I was just kind of stirring the pot a little bit on that one. Um I think it's a little bit too much for, for general audiences to handle and the confusion would be psh, mountainous. So I hope I hope they don't do that. But yeah. I'm interested to see how they connect can, well, you know, obviously loosely connect or reference the characters. And it might just be that scene where he's throwing, you know, Batman to yeah. his mom. And that's fine. I mean, just mentioning cool. Batman and Superman and whatever, that's okay because you're not committing yourself to anything other than the fact that they yeah. exist. You know, you would have, if you don't yeah. have to put a face to it, if you don't have to put a body to it, then it doesn't matter. And they can right. do whatever they want with it. And, and that's fine. That's what they should be doing. So, yeah, yeah, agreed. Yeah. And it's not the first time we've seen, you know, merchandise, like superhero merchandise in uh, in a movie. I mean, it popped up in Iron Man too. 
Right. Right. Little little kids wearing an Iron Man yeah, mask. Yeah. Yeah. Who apparently was Peter Parker. Well, that's the whole idea. Is like, look, the, these are these superheroes exist. What do you expect? Like, humanity's not just going to be like. Whatever. No, they're going to make money off of Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Come on, we're opportunists. Sure. Um, cool. All right. So kind of like stepping out of the whole comic book movie franchises to which we've talked about at length, uh, let's talk a little bit about some news that's been happening regarding Steven Spielberg and uh, his alleged push to uh, keep Netflix out of the Academy Awards. Uh, did you read that story? Do you see that? I did. Um, what do you What do you think about that? I mean, it's. Uh, I think I see where he's coming from. Uh, yeah, I think Steven Spielberg needs to go away on this. Um, but yeah, he's kind of showing his age a little bit. Yes, and I don't get the point of it. Right. Um, especially since we've seen Netflix pick up movies, both here and internationally, that were meant for theatrical release, but they basically saved the movie. By picking them up, right. I I right. don't I don't really get the point. Like a movie's a movie, how mm-hmm. it's viewed shouldn't necessarily make a difference. I mean, we're not talking about like how direct to video movies, like back in our day, uh, like they were low budget. You know, they were made just mm-hmm. for the, just to crank out product. If you have a right. movie that's quality and you have a quality director and a quality cast and a quality screenplay and it's a high level film and it's made no differently, right, than any other movie, why do we care mm-hmm. how it's viewed? Because that's essentially what this comes down to, right? Like no, how totally, it's viewed. Yeah. I mean, whether you're projecting it on a big screen or someone's watching it at home on their screen, like what's the difference? The quality of the film is still the quality of the film. And that's where I just don't get the whole point of this. Yeah. Yeah. I, it's, uh, I think it's that nuance that, uh, that he's missing, but I also understand that he is coming from a place that, um, you know, Netflix is potentially, and this is so untrue given the freaking record year that we had in 2018 that people aren't going to the theaters because of Netflix. And we know that that's not true. Yeah. And even if they are, who cares? I, I mean, and look, and Netflix is hemorrhaging money and they're going to have their own issues down the road. But I mean, I, again, I don't. Who cares? Like people are watching movies regardless of. And yes, they did have a record we had a record year at the box office. So people are actually still going to theaters, but either way, people are watching your movies. Who cares what the delivery method is? You know, there's a scene in boogie nights where, um, they're trying to convince Burt Reynolds character that videotape and, you know, VHS, that's the future of porn, right? It's not projectors. It's not, you know, film. It's not, movies being shown in theaters and it's not Mm -hmm. actors paid actors it's going to be amateurs like that's the whole thing and he can't wrap his head around it he's like i don't understand this that's what spielberg seems like right now it's like who cares (laughs) reference yeah who cares really how your damn movie is viewed you make your movie you're going to make it the same way with the same budget again we're not talking about like 1980s, 1990s direct-to-video movies where they were made on a shoestring budget just for whatever reason, just to get 
people to rent them and they were cheap and it was poorly made. We're talking about high quality films that just happened to be delivered and distributed and viewed in a different manner. And I just don't get the point of it. You're not compromising the director's artistic integrity. You know, you're not compromising anything other than, okay, so yeah, so maybe people don't go to a theater to see it. But what does that mean? I mean, you're, you're from an artistic standpoint, who cares? Yeah. Well, maybe it's, maybe it's also the way that people are going to the movies and the movies that they're picking, you know, to see. A lot of the movies that we that I, I'm sure, and I'm you know I'm I'm just saying this, uh, you know, subjectively. A lot of the movies that I think have contributed to the record year that 2018 was were, were those big blockbuster films. Well, and yeah. Steven Spielberg doesn't. I mean, he does make blockbuster films, but he he's I mean, made a lot of not, them. By the way, if you look at his but, resume, but, it hasn't all been like you know art house films, right? But maybe he's scared that, I mean, the Spielberg brand is losing relevance and that, you know, he's going to have to compete. And I'm just I'm just, you know, speculating here, maybe because now those art films have to compete with those bigger blockbuster films. And so less people are going to go see those. And if they get picked up in Netflix, there's I don't know, maybe there's a loss of that art form, like I, in that I, experience. I don't, you know what? Steven Spielberg has never been like an art, art house director. He's always been no. a blockbuster director. He's made big movies, big yeah. blockbuster, the types of movies that still get people to go to the theaters today. I mean, Lincoln was a freaking amazing film. Yeah. I mean, he's had his, he's had them here and there. Right. But for the most part, I mean, this is the director of Jaws. This is the director of, you know, Raiders of the Lost Ark, you know, right. E.T., Right. I mean, you know, this guy has directed blockbuster films and I I don't get that if that's part of his argument. Um, People are going to the movies to see those types of movies because people need a reason now to go to the theater. And if you Mm -hmm. give people a reason to go see a movie in a theater, they're going to go see it. And so, excuse me, the event film is going to get people to go to a theater. Because it's not it's something right. they feel like they're missing out on if they just watch it at home, but it's a cultural I, moment. Yeah, I I don't f- believe though that the majority of the types of movies that traditionally get nominated for awards and win awards, the more of the kind of artsy type of films. If anything, a forum like Netflix is going to help those movies because right. they're going to get an audience that normally would not go to see those movies right because they're not going to pay money to go see to sit in the theater if they can find one that's even showing it uh to see a movie like that so i i just to me this argument is completely misguided it's very much reeks of just being out of touch and i i just don't get it i don't really see why we need to be having this i'm not sure what the agenda is on it i'm sure there is one i'm sure He's got buddies, you know, who run studios and whatnot and things, and I'm sure that's part of it. But you know what? I, I just I don't get it. I don't. It, it's a stupid argument. It's a stupid cause, uh, and it's just there's just nothing to it to me. Yeah, it it'll be interesting to see what the fallout will be. Uh, you know, sort of moving forward. I mean. Major directors like Alfonso Cuaron, who won, you know, 
<clears throat> best adapted. Best adapted. No, no, no that was uh, Black Klansman. Uh, what did he get? Director. Oh, uh, one best, best foreign language film too. Yeah, Roma. So yeah, right, right, right. So the dude has earned his his place, yeah. and I think it's bold to take to take a film, you know, like like Roma. And put it on. I mean, it did have a limited theatrical release, so it's not like, you know, a film like that shouldn't be considered, uh, you know, in, in the for the Academy Awards. I mean, again, it, it checked the box. It just yeah. lived mostly on Netflix. Were more people going to see that movie on Netflix or in theaters? Yeah, I mean, it's not even. I mean, so I just don't get it. I don't. And and you know, it's not like Alfonso Cuarón decided to make a cheap movie just to get it out on Netflix. He's not making like those Adam Sandler movies that are on Netflix. You know, so I I don't see what he <laughs> compromised to to make that movie. Clearly, nothing. So right. I, I just really don't. I don't see any basis for that argument making any kind of sense. I really don't. Yeah. Uh, and to take it to that level where you want to, ban- it's like really you're gonna ban them for what? Yeah, I mean it, I, the you know it's interesting the words that are being used from both camps. So he's talking about the motion picture experience, and then and then Netflix was like, "We love cinema." I was like, "Wow." Well, <laughs> it's I mean, like way to defend yourself. Netflix. What exactly is the motion picture experience? I mean, it's, like if I'm watching a moving picture, then that's the motion picture experience, whether it's on my, and I guess that's my original comment is whether it's on my TV or on a projector in a theater, what's it's still a motion picture. Yeah, actually I think it was motion picture theater. Oh God. So that theater owners then are basically, you know, getting to Steven Spielberg and saying, Hey, help us out because really who cares? I I just don't get it. I I just, it's silly. It's ridiculous. Again, it doesn't make sense. Um, I don't, yeah. you know, yeah, I like going to the theater too, getting my that's popcorn like, yeah. and sitting there and it, but it's still the, the artistic work that's on the screen doesn't, is not dependent on my popcorn experience. And, right. and I just, I don't really right. see the, the, the two things cause we're talking about the Oscars or award shows, which are based on the artistic work, not the quality of the chairs and the recliners and the popcorn right, and how, the soda. Or not how many people went to go see exactly. the so that's, if that was the case, then, yeah. you know. I, so that's yeah. where I just don't get it. That's where everything falls apart for me. Like, yeah. we're talking about two completely different things. Okay, fine. You want to preserve the motion picture theater experience? That's fine. Great. Go for it. But yeah. you're now, don't ban the artistic works from getting an award that they may or may not deserve just because of the fact that it's not in a theater. Right. You know, because someone's making popcorn in their microwave and sitting on their couch watching it. That, that, that Yeah, yeah I mean, he, he's getting caught up in the, like, the TV. Oh, if it's made for the TV, then, you know, it should be... Well, right, and that was TV. my thing where it's like, but this isn't made for TV. No. You know, these aren't no, TV made... movies. These aren't made for, you know, direct-to-video, whatever movies. These are legitimate films that happen to be distributed in a different way. Yeah, these aren't Lifetime films. Right, yeah. <laughs> Not that yeah. I know anything about Lifetime films. Well, yeah, <laughs> please. Exactly, and that's that's yeah. the thing. Yeah, and that's the difference. You know, uh, Alfonso Cuaron is not directing, you know, hack TV movies starring whoever the flavor of the month is on television. Right. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. 
It's just it's mm. a silly argument. Unfortunately, you know, Steven Spielberg has chosen to be the person to take up this cause, which is just DOA as far as I'm concerned. And yeah. Oh, nah, man, he's going to ruffle some of the new blood's feathers, that's for sure. Yeah, and and he comes yeah. off as just out of touch. You know, I don't, yeah. I haven't really seen a lot of people that have been like, yeah, you know what, this Spielberg, he's on to something. Right. He's got a point. I just think like, you know, and we're not even, I mean, and you're younger than me, but like, we're not even really part of that generation. That's like, you know, we didn't grow up on Netflix. So no. like, if anything, we're, and no. we're, you know, we're the people who probably the last generation of people who grew up having to go to the movies to see these movies. Right. And, right. you know, I, I'm just like, whatever, <laughs> Like I, you know, give me the damn movie. Let me. I don't care how I watch it. I mean, yeah, it's not. You know, I have a big screen TV now in my living room. I like that. That's how I'd like to watch a movie. I don't necessarily. It's not like the old days where I had a you know twenty five inch box tube TV. Right. You know where it was a completely different experience. So yeah, I don't know. It's just a. Yeah. No. 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 I. I mean, I completely agree. And and you know, like I said, I enjoy sitting in a dark room with a bunch of strangers that sounds very odd um but you know going to the theater and, and having that experience and walking in and feel like you've you've kind of shared an experience with a bunch of people that you don't know right, right. that's really cool um but i i can't do it every day i can't do it every week i can't i can barely do it like every three months so you know, but that doesn't mean that I don't like to consume entertainment, right? Sure. So if the the means in which I do that is through my television and I'm getting exposed to those, you know, pieces of art, you know, by way of film through my television, then so be it. Um, I don't need I don't need that experience for every freaking film. You know, what no. I mean? and, and it's again, at the end of the day, it's about the work. It's about the acting. We're talking because the creative process. We're talking about the context of Spielberg's argument is award shows, right? Right. So we're talking about the acting, the screenplay, the cinematography, the directing. You know, the creative, the artistic work itself is not dependent on how the damn thing is viewed. Right. It's dependent on the work. You know, most of these Academy voters are voting on movies that they watched on a screener that was sent to them. Right? It's not even the highest quality, and they were watching it at home. So, what are we talking about here? (laughs) I just, I don't get it. Like, what are we talking about? Yeah. Chris, you need some sleep. Uh, Yes, I certainly do. (laughs) Oh, man. Okay. So... To close the show, and I know this is something you haven't seen, but, uh, dude, this uh, Leaving Neverland oh, boy. documentary is like turning the world upside down. And it's striking that very, very interesting conversation that we've discussed about James Gunn, that we've discussed about Brian Singer, and now it has to do with Michael Jackson. How do you separate the artist from the art? Yeah. And um, yeah, I'll be honest. So I saw the first half of the uh, four hour documentary 
And <laughs> it made me want to delete every Michael Jackson song I've ever listened to and that I own. But again, I think, you know, um, the guy's done, he did some amazing things as a musician, uh, well, as, as a artist, um, as a singer, as a performer, as a pop star. And, um, and he did some allegedly did some egregious things, man, as a, uh, as a human being, uh, to kids. Um, so I would certainly, I mean, say watch it. Um, and there's quite, you know, quite a lot of conversations swirling around about it. And, you know, you, again, we, everyone camps up. You've got the people who, you know, are stark defenders of Michael Jackson and his family's come out and they're suing uh, HBO for a $100 million lawsuit for like, I forgot what, what exactly it was. Basically, it's like defamation of character in a way. But they broke a contract. Sure. Um, and then you got people who are just like, you know, people like, uh, I think a couple of radio stations in Canada basically stopped playing his music. Yeah, I mean, it's... <sighs> music is is obviously not something that we talk about here, but it, it's actually my biggest passion. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, throughout the years there have always been things right that have happened to artists that i've liked whether mm-hmm. it's something that comes out about them personally or just even like listening to music where you like the music but you maybe disagree with say like the political message or sure. whatever you know whatever the content is but you like the music itself uh it's a hard thing to kind of wrap your head around because I don't think that listening to Thriller makes you a bad person because the person who created it might have been a bad person. Mm-hmm. Um, but it is hard. I mean, look, I, I could definitely, I am, I would not argue with anybody who turns around and says, I'm never going to listen to this stuff ever again. Mm-hmm. That's, <laughs> I get it, <laughs> you know. Um, but at the same time, I'm not going to look down upon somebody that says, you know, listen, I, the music's the music, the art is the art, the person may be deplorable, but I am not, you know, the, the music's the music. It's something that makes me happy. I could separate the two things. I, I get that, too. Yeah. It's really difficult. Um, You know, I mean, I think it's different in the sense of, like, if, you know, if Michael Jackson had made a career, say, um, you know, as a you know, making children's films, say. Right. Maybe that's a little different. Right. Um, But, you know, look, again, I, I think it, it, this is one of those things where it's like, I, I'm not going to argue one way or another. I, like I said, I'm not going to look down upon somebody that decides that, you know what? Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not going to support the estate, I guess, at this point of Michael Jackson, but I'll listen to those old songs. Mm-hmm. Um, but, um, but I also, I'm not going to, I'm going to completely understand anyone who's like, nah, forget it. I'm done. Like, I don't, right. I'm right. Not gonna, I just I mean, can't bring myself to listening to that stuff anymore. The thing is, is that, um, you know, the creative mind is, is, is 
quite extraordinary. Yeah. And we get to see and experience things that are, I'd say, like magical. You know, music, art, even, you know, everything we've talked about with film and, and acting and all of that and the way people can kind of change who they are. Um, but they're still human. And this is not condoning yeah, anything. Right. Uh, just because they made something beautiful doesn't mean that the person themselves is not flawed. You know? <laughs> yeah, absolutely. And, you know? And um, I just... Uh, Ooh, yeah, it's a it's a it's a tough subject, and you know, I mean, I mean, here you go, you've got Bohemian Rhapsody, and Brian Singer has, you know, also some crazy allegations uh, launched his way, and yet Rami Malek walks away with, you know, <laughs> with the best actor for, and and it, it is done, you know, it's his work and it's you know his ability to, but it is a movie that that was kind of almost marred in, in controversy. Mm -hmm. um, so, you know, this whole Michael Jackson thing, I mean, for one, there's just years of speculation of his sort of lifestyle and and all of that. And he continued to make music and and whatever. Mm -hmm. So, you know, I think I, I don't I don't know. You know, I, I, I don't have a, it's this or that. I just take it for what it yeah. is. Yeah. You know, I mean, like you said, with the creative mind, I mean, we, we've seen it now. Uh, you know, you see it a lot in comedy. Yeah. You know, um, and you see it in music. Unfortunately, a lot of creative and this is not justifying anything that anyone's ever done. That's bad. Right. But the, sometimes a lot of creativity comes from darkness. Yep. yep. And. Again, that's not to justify what people do in their real lives or in their private lives but you know that's where sometimes you know if people who are able to separate the art from the artist um, they sit there and they say look we get it there's some of this stuff comes from darkness and comes from dark places and and you know but it, yeah I mean it's it's tough man it's especially this type of stuff the stuff that I mean Michael Jackson is accused of is I mean that's not yeah. I mean, not to minimize anything that anybody does that's wrong, but I mean that—that's a road that is, you know, pretty hard to justify. Um, right. So right. it's, um, but you know, listen. Again, I, I'm not. I don't like to. I'm not going to preach to people about what they should and shouldn't do uh, with their lives. Uh, not not in the, as far as listening to music. It's not what they do with their lives but um or watching movies or whatever but um yeah i mean it's definitely something that people will be debating it's definitely something that's mm -hmm. going to be a personal thing uh you know hopefully though people can can look at it uh somewhat level-headed and and realize that um you know there's uh there's gray area when it comes to how people handle these types of things mm -hmm. um, especially you know if you've been listening to somebody for for your entire life uh, and you find out they're an awful human being um, what do you do uh, right. do you do you forget the fact that that music while it was created by somebody who is you know reprehensible uh, do you the, the the good times that that music brought you does that do you get rid of that you know maybe right. that music helped bring you out of a dark place 
Maybe that music helped you to avoid falling into a dark place. Do you get rid of that? Just because mm-hmm. the person who created it turned out to be a, an absolutely disgusting human being? Some people will, some people won't. And I, you know, like I said, I, I'll get it. I'll understand either side of that. Um, it's it's a little bit more complicated, I think, when it comes to that stuff. Um, but, you know, I, I definitely have to watch that, though. I, I've heard a lot of people talking about it, and I just haven't gotten around to it. Uh, part of me doesn't necessarily want to watch it. But, oh, uh, man, it's it's tough. Yeah, that's what I heard. But, I mean, I, I will watch it. Yeah, there, I mean... This couple of my stomach was like in knots. Yeah. A uh, couple of stuff, uh, segments. Uh, but yeah, definitely a, a must, a must see. Okay. Right. Um, so Chris, I have to ask, did you see the, uh, third episode of doom patrol? I did. And I liked it. So, okay. uh, well, so, so I didn't, I didn't, I didn't, uh, wait. For your yay or nay, okay. I I watched the first episode. Yeah, I dug it. Yeah, it's it's the like I said, it's the it's right kind of quirky, freaking weird. It's yeah, yeah, it's freaking weird. Yeah, and I dug it. Yeah. Um, I also I also dug the uh, I don't I I guess the maturity of it. Right. In a way, there it's definitely not. <laughs> this is not a PG thirteen uh, series. Um, but I was intrigued. And, um, I really, I really enjoyed it. So, um, I don't know the names of any of the characters outside of Cyborg and is it Wonder Man? Is that what it is? His name? Mr. Wonderful? Mr. Wonder? Wonderful? I don't know. Uh, but the, um, the robot character by Brendan Fraser, whatever his name is, does awesome. It's really good stuff. So, um, I just got to catch up now with everybody, <laughs> but I enjoyed it. All right. Um, anything else we want to chat before we close the door? I think that's about it, right? I mean, got to do the plugs. Got to do plugs. Uh, of course, you can go to the fanboygarage.com. Check out our current episode. Check out the episode archive. And uh, buy some merch at our merch store. Help support the show. And uh, you can shop on Amazon using our Amazon Associates link as well. And you can send us an email. If you're not on the social media, you can uh, email us directly uh, through the website as well. And of course, uh, we want you to join the conversation. A lot of what we talk about on this show is inspired by the conversations that we have on Twitter. So join the conversation. You can tweet us at the Fanboy Garage. And of course, you can find me on Twitter at RealCLMighty. And you can tweet me at Starting Sith. And please be sure to follow our Instagram page if that is your choice of social media. Um, and that is at the Fanboy Garage. Yeah. And uh, if you're listening to this, uh, on Thursday or early Friday when it's released and you are attending the Revengers watch party for Captain Marvel, uh, I will see you there and I look forward to seeing everyone and chatting with everyone uh, about movies and other things. So um, so there's that as well. And what time does that, 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 uh, that get started? Uh, 
Good question. I think it's it like starts at seven o'clock. Seven o'clock, and then yeah, the movies at like nine fifteen, something like that. Uh, I just hope that I'm uh, hope I'm awake by the time the movie starts. Let's put it that that'd way. That'd be a good. That'd be a good thing. Yeah, got a lot of time Very to cool. kill beforehand. Yeah, well, I'm sorry, I'm gonna miss it. Yes, I'm sorry, I might miss it too. <laughs> Alrighty. All, All right. right. Well, let's get out of here. Yeah. Take All right, care. Thanks, everyone. guys.